but any organization that started addressing needs, they can be awarded um, tax exemption. Hey entrepreneurs, are you going full speed just trying to keep up? Do you feel you have more losses than wins? For years, I was rushing to get to the next thing. There was always something that I had to learn before the thing I actually needed to learn. I felt like I was running in the wrong direction and moving even further away from my goals. So the big question is, how do you stop the craziness? How do you get to your next win? Well, this podcast will give you the answer. Join me on my journey as we have real conversations about struggles, successes, and tips so we can get you quicker, faster results, no fluff, and get you to your next win now. Hey everyone, welcome to Win the Hour, Win the Day podcast. I am your host, Chris Warden. I cannot tell you what a treat I have for you this week. I know I get excited about all my guests because they're just, I think I have amazing guests. And you guys tell me that too. But this one, this one, this is, ah, this breaks the mold. This is going to be something you never heard of and probably never understood how much power it would give you in your business. All right. We have Sharita Herring Oglesby and she is a very sought after sought after speaker, motivator, best-selling author, radio personality, and oh my goodness, is she an amazing business strategist. It's really going to be hard to contain all the stuff that she's done. She has worked with uh, supreme athletes. She's worked with top Renaissance people, including Lady Michelle Obama, First Lady Michelle Obama herself. Um, I don't know why I said Lady, but First Lady Michelle. Anyhow, Sharita, let's just dive in as I stumble through this because I'm overexcited as I often get with people like you, and I can't wait for people to understand this whole world that you introduced me to. So welcome to the show, Sharita. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be on. You know, Chris, um, ever since the day you and I met, every time we're looking at each other, we both are just smiles, right? <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, so it's an honor to be on. Now, Sharita is in a very small town. She's got a beautiful rustic background. So if we lose her for a second or there's any delay, it's just the satellite trying to reach her and her little nestle of the world that she lives in now. And yes, when you see her, uh, when you look at the profile pictures of graphics for the show, you'll see she has at like 12 volt smile. So she's known for her energy and her brightness. But here is another thing she's really known for. And this is something so interesting. So Sharita, I'm going to stumble through this and then you take the rein and tell me what this really means. So when I first met you, you explained about having a nonprofit for your business. Now, what I understood that to be was like, okay, I'm rich, I'm Bill Gates, and I have too much money. And so what I need to do is hide some of it in nonprofit because I've got extra money. And then you said, no, every business should have a nonprofit. It really leverages the business and helps the business out. And this was like crazy to me. I didn't understand it at all. So why don't you take the rain there and just crack this nut open because boy, you guys have got to listen. Like, listen, if you've never listened to anything else I've done, listen to this. All right, Sharita, go girl. <laughs> well, the thing is a lot of times when people hear, oh yeah, you should have a nonprofit. The first thing they think is, oh, I should work for free, you know, right? Uh, because I obviously cannot make any money. And Chris, that is such a myth. Nonprofit does not mean you can't make any money. First of all, nonprofit, when it was first established back over 123 years ago, it was established as an organization that can take over a lot of the stuff that the government was doing, which was feeding the homeless or building housing or whatever. 
And so because there are organizations that started addressing needs, see, those were just the highest needs at that time. But any organization that started addressing needs, they can be awarded um, tax exemption. And so, but again, that doesn't mean that you can't get paid. That just means that you are a non-stock corporation. And that's where non comes from, nonprofit. You're a non-stock corporation. And the reason why you're doing business, the sole purpose is not to make money. It is to make a difference. But right. So let me just jump. Let me let me jump in here right for a second, because I want to clarify right from the bat, right off the bat. We're not talking to our audience about switching them to a nonprofit. We're talking about it being an arm of their existing business. So I just want everyone to be clear. It's not about, okay, we're, here's what you do. If you want to start a nonprofit, this is an arm of your existing business, correct? Yes, that is correct. And, okay. and the thing is, Chris, well, let me, let, let, me, let me use the better language. Instead of it being an arm, that's like you okay. and your sister working together. So you're not okay. using her social security number. A right. nonprofit is a separate entity, but right. you can have a for-profit and a nonprofit. Right. And what I'm saying is, like Chris right now, you have a for-profit. But see, yeah. your podcast can be under your nonprofit because you're teaching, you're empowering. Oh, so what okay. it does is take the burden off of your, your nonprofit bottom line excuse me, bottom line as far as expenses. And now that piece can be your nonprofit, but it's still you doing it. But you can right. be getting paid with a grant to run your, your podcast because you're not doing it just to make a profit. You are teaching, you're empowering. Now you probably hear Jack in the background, my rooster's just crowing like crazy. Right <laughs> you're probably, you'll probably hear machines and chickens and ducks because it's crazy what I didn't realize. Now this is totally off the subject. Even ducks and chickens are very personable and they like to be around people. So when, when, my, when, my, when my birds hear me talking, they tend to come around. <laughs> but anyway, um, so, so yes, you can have that for-profit and non-profit. Okay. And yes, you can be paid to be doing your podcast. Chris, you can be paid to be empowering individuals that are having to transition right now because of COVID-19. So through your podcast, you're helped by bringing me on and other yeah. individuals, showing people another way to do business. And right. even COVID-19 funding you could be going after because you're helping people transition. Okay, so, so you need... Oh, sorry. And there's a delay here sometimes because she's in this rustic thing. So when it sounds like I'm being rude and interrupting it on my end, it sounds like you're done. I apologize. So two things you talked to me about also, you know, my book, you were like, oh, you could be giving when the hour, when the day away is a teaching tool to different people and different whatever. So that could go under the nonprofit. So if I had a nonprofit, so I've got my profit, I've got my nonprofit. Does that mean like I always have to have, you know, secure grants for the nonprofit or the fact that I can put it through that? I know it's not the right thing, not the arm of the business, but I, I guess in my mind, how I think of it is like, I have a personal account and business account. So sometimes when I'm buying something at the store, I, oh, I can claim that for my business. So I use that card. So if I have this nonprofit, am I totally dependent on securing uh, loans or there are things that I can just sort of write that off as the cost in the nonprofit. Do, does that make sense? Well, the thing is, people always say, I don't want a nonprofit because they're always begging for money. But right. Chris, what business, does it, what, what business doesn't always have to ask for money? Right. So, but for some reason, when people think of it in the nonprofit arena, they call it begging. 
Right, but if okay. you're asking someone to pay for your services, or if you're a grocery store and before they leave with those eggs and that milk, you're asking them for their money, you're not calling yeah. it begging. Right, so right. in the nonprofit arena, yes, you're continuously going after funding, but you also can have fee for service. Chris, right. I teach workshops. I, I speak and get an honorarium. You know, um, it is a business. So you can have fee for service, but what it allows you to do is go after those other investors, which are investors. Grant funders and sponsors are investors. And okay. it's just the ROI in the for-profit arena, return on investment, they're looking at your business structure and seeing, okay, whether after, after your two-year, three-year, or five-year plan that they're looking at, does it look like they're going to get their money back plus some? So that's the ROI. But in the nonprofit arena, the ROI is return on impact. They want to see by your plan, what kind of impact is their money going to have? And so they're not looking to get money back. They're looking to have an impact on lives that you touch. Okay. okay so, for so for example, if I said, okay, I've got this book, we're in this dynamic thing with the world. And I say, okay, helps entrepreneurs. So then I, in the nonprofit say, all right, I'm going to give out whatever, 500 books at cost with, you know, whatever. And that would go under the nonprofit thing. So then do I need to make sure I get a grant? Like, let's say these 500 books cost me $500. Let's keep the math simple because I'm really bad at math. So then do I need to get a grant to cover that, even though it's a really small fee compared to what the book would normally cost me? Okay, I need to get a grant to cover that, but then I can show that I'm helping new entrepreneurs and la, la, la. Is that how it goes? Absolutely. Okay. So like, for instance, let's say that you are awarding 50 scholarships, Right. To business owners that have lost their business or gotten laid off, gotten furloughed during COVID-19. Okay. And now you want to do a, a three-week workshop on transitioning into a new career. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And let's say that that costs $100 per person. Okay. So you're writing a grant to cover that $100 for each one of those participants so it can be gifted to them. Okay. So that $100 times 50 is yes. $5,000, right? Yes. Then also along with that, you want to give them, you want to gift them your book and your book is $10 a book times 50. So that's 500. So you're going after a sponsorship or a grant for $5,500. Which, which people do for their podcast anyways. People often go out and say, okay, I need a sponsor for my podcast. I need a sponsor for my book. So you're doing it, but now you're, you know, you're looking, okay, okay, okay. That's like Chris, I, I tell people, I'm just listening to you when we're talking and Chris, and I'm listening to you. That's when I say, you know, there's a grant for that. I'm not conjuring yes. up something. There's yes. a grant. I'm listening to individuals and showing you how you're missing that opportunity. See, your nonprofit, when you step into this arena, should be right on the exact path you're on. It's just there's people that need you that because they can't afford you, you're missing that clientele. Right. Where if you had a nonprofit, now you can just reach in and grab them along and say, come right along with me. Let me help you do this. And see, it's not that you're working for free. You're getting grants to cover you and your costs so that now you can give charity. Right. But people think charity is you being charity and doing everything for free. And that's a misconception. 
Right. Which is why I don't work with new entrepreneurs because they can't afford me. And so if they could afford me, you know, and I would want to get, I do want to give scholarships to youth and all this other stuff. You gave an example once that I always remembered and you talked about a plumber and you said, you know, this plumber was working and they had one part of their business. I'll let you tell the story about inner cities and stuff. And it was a really good example. I'll not butcher your story. You go ahead. (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, and he, he was in my class by default. I was teaching a class in Kansas City, Missouri. And one of the ladies that was attending, her, they drove in from a smaller town, which was probably about two hours away. And so her husband, uh, she asked, could he sit in the class instead of sitting in, out there in the truck? And I said, sure. So he's sitting in my class. I'm, ta- I'm telling the stories about how you can get grants, how the nonprofit arena works and all of that. And so then I, I asked him, I said, tell me what you do. Oh, no, 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 Miss Herring. I'm, I'm just sitting here. I'm just, I just drove my life in. I said, I know, but tell me what you do. And he says, well, I'm a plumber. He said, but right now, and a matter of fact, it was during the time uh, because I was in Kansas City from like 2009 to uh, uh, because my dad had passed away. So we're mm. in the middle of that down economy, right? Yeah. And he says, he says, ma'am, he said, well, I'm a plumber. He said, but right now, you know, I'm kind of wondering because my, I don't have any work. People can't afford to get their plumbing fixed. And I said, even though it needs to be fixed, right? And he said, right. And I said, you know, there's a grant for that. And what he didn't realize is that he could have his for-profit plumbing business, but on this side, he had his non-profit plumbing business and can totally do the exact same service for low-income individuals, seniors, Mm. disabled, single moms. It would buy all of his equipment. Uh, Mm -mm. It could buy him a whole nother truck that works that side of the business. And now that's his non-profit and it becomes a job training uh, service for plumbing. So he could be playing yeah. one of his regular employees to be that supervisor and training individuals that want to go into plumbing and helping them to go into their own business while giving plumbing services to individuals that are sitting with a plug. And what made me think of that, Chris, is mm. I had been teaching at prison and I was helping men when they got out to go into other things to keep them from going in, uh, back into prison. And one of the guys that had gotten out, I went by to talk to him and his family and when I walked in the house, Chris, you know how you walk in somewhere and it smells so bad, you don't want to open your mouth. Mm. But at the same time, I didn't oh. want to hurt their feelings. So right. I'm like, mm, you know, and I mean, the house smelled horrible. Well, after I sat there and talking to them for a while, I guess I got used to the smell. And but then before I left, I asked them, could I go to the bathroom? And they kind of looked at each other. And as if, you know, and I'm thinking, wow, that's kind of strange. And one's looking at the other. And then they say, yeah, and they had me going in the bathroom. Well, I saw why. Because their mm-hmm. toilet was backed up and it oh. was nasty. But, yeah. And they had a big five-gallon jug. I mean, one of oh. those barrels, you know, five-gallon, like a painting, uh, a five-gallon uh, bucket. Yeah. Sitting next to it full of water. And what they would do is pour the water in after the toilet got so full for it, I guess, to go down. Right. That's why the house was stinking. Now, Chris, think about this. If they, and they had like a teen in the house, think of how that that might be created. See, people don't look at the offshoot of all of what Mm. something causes. That teen probably is teased about their house stinking. They're probably uh, with their parents for living in the situation that they're in. It's causing uh, friction in the household. So there's grants for improved communication, you know, low-income families. I mean, there's so much funding that that this plumber could be impacting by helping these low-income families. 
Okay. Yeah. And you know, every entrepreneur I know wants to help people. They want to give back. They're, you know, they're, I I just, they're just generous and and ambitious. And that's the whole thing. We want to make more money to give back. So I think what I'm hearing from you is not only can you, there's offshoots where you could help these people that you always had this ambition to help. And you thought, well, I have to be making all these millions or I have to get to a point where I've got this excess of income. So you can help sooner than you planned on it. And then really it sounds like another business growth strategy. That's the exciting part. I just thought it was something meant for, you know, the Amazon Jeff Bezos and and the big boys at the table, but it's a business growth strategy. That's exactly what it is. The nonprofit arena just allows you to reach customers that you would not have been able to reach before. Yeah. You know, And, and, and what it does is Chris, it is so rewarding. It is so rewarding. Yeah. That there are some celebrities that are stepping away from what w- would have been paying them all these years and totally just running their nonprofit. Chris, what is more rewarding? You teaching uh, entrepreneurship to people that are already making money or are you yeah. teaching a room full of individuals that never even knew that they could be uh, going into entrepreneurship? Now they're making enough money and sustaining their business and their families. Which one would you feel better about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's exciting. You know what, Chris? When we all are operating in what we love, see, and, and now I'm getting ready to take you to being a preacher's child. <laughs> we all were designed. We all came through the birth canal with a passion, with, with something. Right. And, and, and I'm not trying to step on anyone else's toes, but God yeah. gave all of us passion for something. Yeah. And yeah. when you start operating in that, Chris, there's absolutely no way that whatever you love can't benefit someone else while it benefits you. And sure. that's why in this nonprofit arena, I teach with faith comes finance because yeah. when you trust who you are in your gut. And Chris, I've been doing this since 1988, started my business in 94. We developed over 600 organizations. I'm telling you, I coach a lot of people and I watch this every day. I, I, and that's why I love this arena so much because it allows me to help people to do just what they love. Just like how I'm sitting here on this 30 acres in a barn, getting paid to do exactly what I love. There's... God or the universe or whatever you call it does not create anything just because like when the yeah. leaves drop and there's, there's, there's micro, uh, uh, uh micronism, uh, whatever you call them, that's eating yeah. the leaves and then it is to grow. And then this is helping this to grow. What would make you think that whatever was put in you was just because no, there's a reason. And yeah. when you start operating in that, and the wonderful thing is that in the nonprofit arena, you can do it, you can get paid to do it and you would touch lives. And that's what I specialize in doing. And it is unbelievable, not only the feeling that you will get from it, but the lives that you touch will never, ever go back to some of the negative behavior. Like when I was working with the guys in the prison, we reduced that recidivism rate by 75%. Because see, nobody wants to live in a cage. It's just they don't know anything else to do. Right. This arena allow guys getting fresh out of prison to see when you step into the nonprofit arena, whether you're George Clooney, who also has a nonprofit, who yeah. also received a $150,000 grant for his satellite Sentinel project. It allows George Clooney, who already is right here in his arena to yeah. operate with someone that has just stepped out of prison. It might be here as far as at the bottom right. level. But when you step okay. into the nonprofit arena, it allows everyone to be on the same level. It doesn't, it doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your title, your socioeconomic status. You are able to start at the same level. Your okay. only limitation is you. And that's why my right. motto is, you know, 
you are your only limitation because yeah. this arena allows you to do that with with no with uh, you're unbridled it's like a horse yeah. that is controlled by the bridle those without a bridle in their mouth that's running and you're riding bareback it's so much more freeing <laughs> well the bareback would be a short ride for me but i'll take your word on it you know and it does it lights you up i mean you feel that when you when we all do this and you get excited and and when i i want to be part of somebody else's something. Something. i gotta show oh, you something can you know it's a podcast that? people Oh, there's a rooster. Okay, I have to do, we're on video when we meet, but they don't get to see all this, but there is roosters gathered around her. And you know what? I've known her for quite a while now, and this is the life she wanted. Now she has it and due to all this work. So, you know, I always say to people, I want to be part of your success story. Nothing lights me up more when you see people evolve and grow in their business and when we're helping them grow their team and create their win team. And that's amazing. But you're right. Could I help more people? If I could reach more people, wouldn't that light me up even more? Like we all have these things that are inside us that we just want to give and give and give. So if this is an opportunity to have a really effective business strategy and to make a bigger impact on more people, you know, I feel like we've been to business church. Like Sharita has sung. Like this is, and I and I'll, I'll tell you, it's so great to have you on the show because you're a very patient individual because we've been through this, you and I, a couple of times. <laughs> and then you get all convinced and then you then I go away for a bit and I get overwhelmed with, okay, what do I have to do? I have to fill these forms and it seems overwhelming. But you have explained it to me the last time we are going to do this. And that's the thing is I think we all just get overwhelmed with it seems we just all the stories we hear of people doing this you we only hear about the big charities and the big organizations so it seems so out of reach for us but when you tell that plumber story that makes such a difference right it helped grow his business yes. chris even your photography you, you could even have an online photography program operating right now giving people something to do telling an interesting story mm -hmm. about how you Let's say that it's for ages 13 to 18, and they're taking pictures about how COVID-19 is impacting their life. How are they feeling right now, homeschooling or whatever? And then on every other Saturday, you're on with them, and they're showing their pictures, and they're yeah. telling their story. What else is that doing? That's helping combat loneliness and depression that a lot of times that this young group is starting to experience. A lot of them were overeating, and so it's helping to combat obesity. What I'm saying to you is we're talking about photography. But look at the other grants you could be going after. Yes. Now, people, Sharita's known me for a really long time with my branding company before that. And there was a big component of photography. I haven't done it in a very long time. Now we're all about marketing and creating a win team. But that was in the oh, very infant. Yeah, I haven't. I, I haven't. You're so good. Well, I've had my own photographer for, for about 10, 12 years. So he does the clients. I'm there on the set. And then the branding evolved into the marketing like a good 10 years ago. So it's a, you know, we do still do shoots sometimes as part of the marketing campaign, but I haven't done it in a very long time. So it's part of our package if you're working with marketing with us. But yes, yeah, so that's what she's referring to. We've, we've gone back quite some way, Sharita and I. So, oh, but, wow. but the but the point is still a great one is no matter what you do, you have the ability to impact other audiences and to be able to Absolutely. afford to do that. Absolutely, Chris, because think of how many uh, new entrepreneurs and small business owners need headshots. Think of how yeah. many of them need um, for those that do video and editing. Those yeah. businesses need that for sizzle reels about their business. If yeah. they had it under their nonprofit, now they could be getting grants to do that. Yeah, offering that service at a at a discounted rate for some of them it could be free because that that organization has gotten funding to cover their costs, 
And it, that piece could even still be a job training program. They could be teaching editing, you know, uh, um, um, Photoshop, yeah. all of that. Chris, uh, now, is it possible for me to show my screen as we're doing this? Well, because most people are going to hear this audio, so we can't do that right now. But what I would also say, too, because this is on iTunes, what I would also say is the first question most people have, because you're always looking to disqualify yourself, like, oh, this won't work for me, is I'm from Canada, and you deal with people around the world. So that's another thing I want you to address. This is just not a U.S. thing. So what I would say to you is, you know, explain that to us. There's, you deal with people like in, in the biggest and the smallest country around the globe. Absolutely. Well, see, we've developed our organizations in Pakistan, China, mm -hmm. Russia, Cambodia, um, uh, more, than, more than 16 countries, and some of them multiple organizations in those countries. And now one of the things is that the reason why most any organization that I have developed, we actually um, develop their home base out of the United States. Now, even if they don't have an actual uh, individual organization that can serve as what's called their, their uh, agent for service, mm -hmm. then a lot of times my company will operate as the agent for service so that they have a U.S.-based organization mm. that can still do international projects. Now, Chris, okay. my reasoning for that is the United States is one of the most established entity as far as countries for the nonprofit arena. The okay. nonprofit arena is the third largest business sector in the United States. And that's why I was asking to show my screen. See, most people aren't aware of that even. Um, yeah. See, the only other industries that employ more people than the, than the nonprofit arena is, is manufacturing, which employs, mm. uh, uh, and retail. Retail employs about 16 million people. And then manufacturing employs 12, like 12.3. And then right up under that is the nonprofit arena employing 11.8. But right. economists don't right. talk about that. Yeah, the thing yeah. is, Chris, I'm not, I'm not telling people to give up their for-profit and have only a nonprofit. Right. What makes this work so well in the United States is because all of the entities are needed in order to be the superpower that we are. And that's why Vicente Fox, who is the former president of Mexico, brought me there to train him and the first lady and their staff and even local nonprofits and major business owners because they want to duplicate the nonprofit sector that operates so well in the United States. God, he's getting closer. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, no, that's okay. It's nature at its best. You are where you want to be. You're living the life on a barn and you've got a very enthusiastic roommate, the rooster. So listen, <laughs> it's not like somebody honking at you because you're in the way. We're good. We're good. Sharita, yeah. <laughs> so, tell us, you know what? We just can't get enough of you. My gosh, this could be like a six-part series. So hopefully people have got a glimpse. I know I've had to hear it a time and time again because I'd be like, oh my gosh, it's just so much simpler. You, you put these roadblocks up, right? You think, okay, then I need a board. And that sounds very, I don't know, movie of the week-ish. And there's a takeover of the board. And you're like, no, you need three people. That's it. So it's really, it's just a simple thing. And it's, again, a way to empower and grow your business and then light you up and be able to help more people and do it in a way that benefits you and them. It really is, we love this, a win-win situation. So where can this people go to you? Where can they find you, your enthusiasm, your bright smile? Where can they get more info? Well, on Facebook, they can okay. they can go to Sharita Herring Making a Difference. Sharita okay. Herring Making a Difference. And okay. then my, my website is philanthropyalliance.org. 
Philanthropy Alliance, and we send out free grant information regularly. So if they'd like to start getting that information and also information about my business tips and classes coming up and all that, they can go to my website and there's a tab that says sign me up. And that's where they can just sign up and get on the database to start receiving the regular information. Chris, do I have time just to say something about the board? Sure, you go ahead. I got time for you. Okay. See, a lot of times people are, are so afraid of the board of directors. But right. the thing is, is more com- it, it happens more often in the for-profit arena than the non-profit arena where executives are fired by their oh, board. And okay. see, there's a reason. See, in it, again, in the for-profit arena, most of the board members are when you are, are your your investors. They might right. be your investors, or they may be uh, shareholders, and they're watching you to make sure that you do what it takes to make sure that company makes money, so they get their money back, right? And if you're not doing that great job, they will fire you and bring right. on someone else. When the nonprofit arena, it cannot happen that way. Board okay. members cannot get any money back from the organization. That's not the reason for them serving on the board. There okay. cannot be any financial conflicts of interest. Okay. And so, though, <laughs> though I've been in this arena, look, that's, that's one of the younger roosters that's just learning how to crow. So, though I've been in this arena since 1988, Chris, I've only seen two organizations that got rid of their executive director under the okay. nonprofit arena. And that's because they were found they were embezzling money. Oh, okay. <laughs> when an executive is, is let go in the nonprofit okay. arena, it's usually a legal reason why. Okay. It's not, it, okay. It cannot be money related that they're trying to bring someone else in to make more money. It, and so that's why it happens more often in the for-profit arena than the nonprofit arena. That is a really important clarification. I'm glad we made time for that. So again, because you see all these dramatic things, we all heard about the Steve Jobs things and you get these things confused. So I think the problem is there's so much misinformation out there. And of course, you don't know what you don't know. So then you think, oh, blah, here's the, here's the reasons why that won't work for me. So yeah. mental note, any huge illegal activity like embezzling will cause you problems. Write that down, everybody, if you're pull over if you're driving so and the board of directors is very different so again it's just this is just a a beautiful path to explore oh yes yes and what most people aren't aware of see the pga the professional golf association is a nonprofit. the national hockey wow. league here in the u.s nonprofit. Um, the nfl up until 2015 had been a nonprofit since its inception now the, the individuals and the individual teams up under the leagues are not nonprofit, but okay. the leagues are. And there's a reason, Chris, think about the NFL. When they hold one game, look at how many jobs it creates. Right. And because having a nonprofit status, they're not taxed this heavy for creating all those jobs. We're talking okay. about not only the people that work in the concession stand, but even the people that make the straws, the cups, the wrappers right. that they wrap burgers in, the thing that holds the hot dogs, the, the insurance, uh, those that are throwing you your peanuts at the games, all of those jobs are being created. Right. And by them having a particular tax exempt status, it gives them a little bit of a tax break. It's almost just like you hear about subsidies or you hear yeah. about taxes. You guys, those are nothing but ways of grants that larger businesses get a break. 
Right. It's just when you're a smaller company, they call them grants. But like right now with what's going on with COVID-19 and, and states are being awarded dollars that then it goes down to the city level and then it's divvied out to individuals to get that $600 a month or whatever that they've gotten through COVID-19. You guys, that's nothing but a grant. They just call it stimulus. Right. And that's why Chris, I explained that non, the nonprofit arena and grants step up more in times like this than even any other time. Gotcha. Okay, man. I'm telling you. All right. I, I don't have time to talk to you. I got to start filling up my forms, get this grant thing going. So <laughs> we got to wrap this up. I got work to do. Boy, oh boy. It's just, you know what, if you haven't, you, by now you've got her passion. And literally I have run into hundreds and hundreds of people that she's helped and lives she's changed. Not just, not the offput of like the, all the people, the plumber help, but the people like the plumber. So yeah, check it out. Follow her on Facebook, reach out, learn more because it just sounds like an, you know, not sounds like it. I know it is. It's an amazing opportunity to help more people in less time and really just another really effective strategy for your business. That's it. Yeah. Thank you, Sharita. We can't thank you enough. Thank you. And, and please thank all the roosters who showed up and just didn't tire of contributing to the show. Other people would get tired halfway through, but no, they kept it up. So we want to thank each and every one of them. <laughs> And Chris, and Chris is crazy because they're actually standing here and they're like bending their heads looking trying to see me around the plant. What are you doing? All right. Until next time, everyone, this is Win the Hour, Win the Day, Chris Ward. Thank you. Hey, listeners, I've got a super special gift for you. See, I want to create a movement because I think your business should support your life, not consume it. So I have created the Win the Hour, Win the Day Team Builder Training for free. I'm not kidding you. So don't miss out free gift from Chris, K-R-I-S.com. Free gift from Chris.com.